Follow the Four Corners Podcast on social media. Like us on Facebook, Four Corners Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Podcast Four Corners. And check us out on Instagram, Four Corners Podcast. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review. I want to take this time to apologize to the television audience for what they're about to see. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Four Corners Podcast. This is Shad here with Matt and Brad. Guys, how are you? Uh, doing good, Shad. I am doing well. I am Shad. Glad. Yes. Before you get shout-outs, I have a shout-out of my own. I should have said this last episode. Uh, okay. But uh, on on the – hold on. Let me look at the uh, – I'm looking at my calendar. Okay, the 25th of January, which is when this episode should potentially be dropping – yeah. Uh, on that Wednesday night, I am going to be recording with uh, our friend. We can say his name, right? Our friend Tim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for another Ring into Focus show, uh, and he has a Twitter account and a YouTube channel called Open Airlock Policy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm going to be on there doing a show with him, uh, talking about uh, Ric Flair. It's supposed to be. And kind of giving cool. our discussion of Ric Flair. So I should have plugged this uh, last show, but I'm going to plug it right now. So uh, everyone, please, if you have the chance, you have the opportunity, you can tune in. Uh, if you can't do it live, I do believe that all of his uh, streams he records, so they get they get put up on his channel yeah. Uh, yeah. after the fact. I um, uh, On the night of the 25th, oddly enough, January 25th, I will be at AEW Dynamite. So oh, uh, no. it's a big night for the podcast. Do you have any matches announced for that yet? No. Uh, not yet. I guess you'll know uh, some tomorrow. Yeah. From when we're uh, recording, I will know more about them tomorrow. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, looking forward to it. It's going to be a big night for, for our little podcast. So. All right. Uh, shout outs. We'll get those taken care of right here at the beginning. The first one's going to go to Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. CollarandElbowBrand.com. Use the promo code for Corners Podcast. That's the number four. Capital C in Corners, capital P in Podcast to save 10% off your order. Our other shout out is um, folks, folks in Eastern Kentucky still need your help. Things are still hard there. And, you know, the rest of the country thinks of them as those dumb hillbillies that they don't really want to. Uh, help all that much so <clears throat> they could use your help if you are uh, willing to help them i'm going to tell you to go to apple shop a-p-p-a-l-s-h-o-p dot org and uh you know they are going to be able to tell you where you need to go or where you need to donate to do the most good and so in doing that they are going to be able to uh help you with they're going to be able to help you get money to people who need that support still um if you want to go through a business and getting something for that you can go through appalachian apparel company that's appappco.com uh good people i've met them i've talked to them that sort of stuff um like i said good folks but 
that's all um you know that if you if you would be willing to help those folks they could really use it rather shout out goes over to matt uh, that would be to orlando cologne you know shad uh, i'm not sure how orlando cologne would be if he was in the classic era of wrestling Oh, the classic era. Matt, yeah, that sounds but, like a segue. It does sound like a segue. The only thing I do know is that he probably would have gotten screwed over by Jack Tunney, the worst president <laughs> of my entire lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there is our segue. Um, Brad, what are we talking about tonight? So this is this is going to be probably the start of like intermittent episodes like this. But uh, this is going to be a two-parter, so this episode is going to be um, what vintage wrestlers uh, would work in the modern era today, or how we think they would work. And then we're going to turn this around and do what we think, like how we think some modern era wrestlers would do in the past. Yeah, uh, the concept uh, is it's basically like you're transposing like the time periods. Mm-hmm. So take classic wrestlers, wrestlers from, you know, a different era, like 80s, 90s. If you were to transport them like to the modern day under the premise of like they could just be starting their careers or they could just be getting established. Would they work like would those classic era wrestlers, would they like actually click and connect with people now uh, based on a lot of different factors? Because it's more than just like were they good workers because they're people that are fantastic workers today but you know would they work in the past i don't know like they're great workers from the past like would they work now it's like we're going to talk about it uh but that's the concept like we're traversing like the roles and for this first episode we're going to do some classic wrestlers and it's like if they were just starting their careers or they were just getting off the ground like now like, how would they be? Like, would people, like, connect with them? And how would kind of, like, their gimmicks, would they be the same gimmicks? Would they be tweaked? Like, all the above. Like, Could I, their excesses work in the modern era? Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> Shad, Shad backed off on this one, but we might talk about him later. But he, he had briefly mentioned Buddy Landell, and I'm like, Buddy Landell would get canceled in five seconds. <laughs> yes, he would. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I set that one aside because I had a better idea, um, but that's okay. We'll get to it. Uh, how many people are we pulling for um, for each one? I think we said three. We might cut it off for time purposes because we are um, we are double recording the next two weeks for for um, some reasons because we need a couple weeks off for personal reasons. So. Um, we don't want to yeah. get until midnight is pretty much mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah. So uh, that means that we're going to be talking about uh, vintage picks, folks uh, from what are we calling vintage? Uh, what, so, what time period? So what we, we I did an arbitrary I did an, a very arbitrary date, which is what I consider to be the birth of the modern era in some ways. But so. To be considered for this or to be up for this, they have had they have to have wrestled a match since Jim Crockett Promotions took over the TBS time slot in April of 1985. Okay, so that puts us um, folks who were active in the mid 80s. How would they how would they do in the modern period? And um, 
you know what? I, I think, you know, Matt, this was kind of, uh, I think this was your brainchild. So why don't you kick us off? Okay. Uh, should I just do one by one? Like, I, How about we rotate through? Everybody, yeah, you get I, one and that, we rotate. That's what I mean. I, I did not want to talk about every guy or mention every guy right away. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to just, like, do one, and then we can we can definitely, like, go, you know, one by one and talk about guys. Like, each person name a guy. Maybe we can mm-hmm. see what our time situation is like then. Yeah. Uh, the first guy I chose, uh, I almost feel like this guy's a ringer in a sense that you can't say that he didn't really get, like, used correctly or pushed because okay. he was like he was like for a time he was a featured guy like to, uh, you could even argue that he was like the main event heel of the promotion that he was in for like a, a couple of years and was used pretty well his run there and previously was like at least a champion in the territory days mm-hmm. uh, but the guy i chose was ted dibiase who mm. obviously was the million dollar man um this was spurred by the fact that I did I haven't seen it but I saw a clip like a, a, a like a really like a, just a few second clip that someone threw up on on uh, on social media on Twitter yeah and it was before he became a million dollar man in, in the WWF but it was a match where he was facing Ric Flair it was like a title match uh some sort of title match it was oh really yeah it w- was in mid south probably yeah yeah but it was him and and uh flair and it's like i never saw this because i didn't really see much of any dibiase before wwf it's not as good as you'd think it is sadly oh that's disappointing because there was like the clip that they showed was just that both of them were like bloody and they were just beating the piss at each other and i'm like what the hell is this match why haven't i not seen this match i gotta see it it's a rare yeah. it's a rare title match in mid-south they didn't use the nwa champion a lot but yeah mm. but we've seen we've seen we saw his matches with Brad Armstrong last mm-hmm. year, um, which I think both of those were excellent. Mm-hmm. We saw that that badass one he had with Pat Patterson on TV in the WWF. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I I think my personal opinion is like he is so good and such like a versatile worker that I think he would work in any place, any time, any era of of wrestling that you would put him in. And he would be the same guy. That's where I would lean to. Uh, I I do think that if he were coming into like the modern era, and uh, let's let's ideal like let's idealize like how it's going to be like in uh, in AEW, I think he would absolutely excel. Mm-hmm. In the WWE, like I'm, the modern WWE, like I'm not so sure because just because like Triple H has his own flaws as like a Booker. And yeah. by the time we air this, the 25th, <laughs> he might not be uh, he, here. Who knows? He might not be a Booker anymore. Maybe back to Vince. Uh, but Vince nowadays is like he. I feel like the the magic is is ha- is gone and has been gone for a while. So I don't know how he would treat a guy because there are so many talented guys on the WWE, the modern WWE roster that they're just not being used well or correctly. But yeah. I do think that DiBiase was just a fantastic worker and in ring he was fantastic like and he mm-hmm. got like everything he needed to get to actually like you know not just have a good match but like get you invested yeah uh but his character work i thought was so strong his promos obviously were like just tops but his character work was fantastic and we kind of touched upon this uh when we were way back when we were doing like the 
the whole mega powers yeah. explode like storyline, which went on was really we've talked about it before. Vince's like it might magnum, be Vince's yeah, it, magnum opus is a booker in my opinion. Yeah, it might be the best thing that he did. And mm-hmm. you're talking about stuff that was like 35 years ago. Yeah, but he DiBiase, of course. Uh, played a part in that like he was part of that storyline at points and uh, afterwards was used was used in the role of like the main event heel against hogan and savage and i thought did an amazing job like he was just fantastic and we talked about how like we i i personally like lament that he never got like a run with the title even though he probably shouldn't have been surprised that he never did. He got just a because, fake run in '88 yeah. because he did do he did do like a house show week as the champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really surprised, but because we talked about this before, but like the WWF, WWE, like back then and in some respects now is not really like a uh, a heel champion type of thing. Which is yeah. I say that as like Roman Reigns is like been a heel and is now approaching like a thousand days as champion Ugh. yeah yeah but largely they they've always been like the promotion where they they book everything around like a, a face ace of the company uh and the only times that like, it's been broken up really like extended periods has been like roman reigns or triple h yeah when he was killing interest in the company with his repeated title reigns <laughs> so what, where i think where i think ted dibiase it's different from a lot of wrestlers. So if we were talking about DiBiase in like the baseball sense, he mm. would be what they often refer to as like a five tool player. Mm-hmm. So where some guys have specialized roles and need certain environments to excel. Like he, he has all the skills he can face. Mm-hmm. He can heal. He can work about any style of match you want. Like he has like, he's, I wouldn't even, he's too good to be a poor man's Ric Flair but he's mm-hmm. kind of like he's kind of like Ric Flair in the sense that he can work with anyone um, and the quality of his work. So I think he'd be fine in this era because he has all the tools to succeed. And I think I think where he, and I think his skill set like transcends era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Brad, you had touched on uh, DiBiase stuff not exactly uh, soaring pre-WWF and from watching it you know in ring I thought he was good but there wasn't there just didn't seem to be as much to sink your teeth into watching him and Mm -hmm. Matt you mentioned how good his character work was so now we have this this thing on the table of and I'm assuming that you're referring to DiBiase and the million dollar man gimmick Mm -hmm. Um, so we have this this guy who is eminently hateable in his role he's very good at it he's very good at the character work um and as brad said he's just he's just straight up good he does not have a weak point so yeah i would see him do very well i I would expect to see ted dibiase do very well in any any time since the vintage era we're talking about here you drop him in at that point in the late 90s, sure. It would work great there in the aughts, in the teens, now, whenever. I, I think it would work great. I mean... I think that's a really good pick. He has to stay around for the 90s or the Steiners can't order off the menu. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean. 
but uh but yeah i think that's a great pick matt thanks like i do think that he would be i agree with brad like he would be he's too good like he would be fine mm-hmm. in the modern era because the modern era largely is very much about how good of a worker you are mm-hmm. uh and that's not like across the board but even like no we like kind of are harsh on wwe uh most of the time wwe like in ring work if they're not doing a three-minute match if they actually had get like time like on a pay-per-view yeah. like the matches are usually good because yeah. the, the, the the competency level of the actual workers is high and they work so, the same match like all the time yeah so, so i i think that even like the wwe like his in-ring work would be like really good mm-hmm. uh, but i don't know if his character work would he would be allowed to get as over as he did because uh, they maybe would give him a dumb gimmick because I think Million Dollar Man was like a fantastic gimmick, but yeah. I don't know if that would be replicated. But it's, it's the mm-hmm. I think the problem he'd have in WWE is the problem everyone has is where they will totally bury you for some lulls in a in a throwaway segment and then not realize that like oh, that doing, was a bad idea. Yeah, they don't understand that like you can't undercut guys like that for a couple of laughs on TV because it hurts it hurts you. Mm-hmm. And like that sticks with people. Like I think that's really where WWE commits a lot of sins currently, mm-hmm. and for the last like five or six years. Uh, yeah, I think that I especially think that at the modern era, if DiBiase was in AEW or like some of the Japanese promotions like New Japan, I think he would be doing like amazing. Oh, I think he probably would have gotten an IWGP run in run. this era yeah mm. oh yeah so that's my first choice i think that's guys? a great choice i think that's great all right who do we want to have next um i'll go next we'll stick we'll stick around in that that kind of wheelhouse of ted dibiase and i'm going to bring up hulk hogan oh okay mm. so hogan has a certain stigma to his work but mm. i'm going to tell you those people are wrong Okay. Because there was a point where off eBay I got a bunch of wrestling tapes. And there was this tape that just had a shitload of Hulk Hogan matches, like house show matches from like 85 to 86, I think. Okay. And let me tell you, that man could work like in his day. Yeah. And even if you go back and like watch some of his promos in like the AWA where like he doesn't have to cartoon it up for Vince. Like he's a much different character. Like he's a better character. Right. And I think he would still work in this era because I think like when Hogan's being like that badass, like stiffing the shit out of like Paul Orndorff and stuff, I think that would still get over today. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think if he was cutting like the more authentic, like AWA promos, I think he would be, He'd be fine. And especially, like, if you did, like, NWO era, like, Hollywood Hogan, like, he would be massive today. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, uh, I do, I, I agree that he would be big today. Like, he would actually, he would work. Uh, and it would be interesting, I feel. And the reason I say that is because, again, the modern era is more about, like, how good of a worker you are. And mm-hmm. he was an actual better worker than people gave him credit for and give him credit for. Yeah. Like he was, he would show like when he would actually do matches in Japan, like he actually could pull off 
like good matches. The yeah. ass bomber. Yeah. yeah. Ah, God, I forget what it is. I I saw it like on Twitter not that long ago, but it was like some match he had with a decad- I think a Japanese wrestler, and it was like it was he, he was going like balls to the wall. Yeah. And it was like crazy. And I'm like, damn, like I wish we had seen this Hogan like all the time. Uh, but yeah, like I, I do think that if he was in the modern era, like he would probably have to s- step up the work rate, but I think he could actually do it. Like he, he, he probably would be really interesting and his charisma, like people, he, the reason how he got over and stayed over so well for years, it's not just like, Oh, he's a big dude. Like that people get, get over that. Like he, he was a good worker and yeah. he was incredibly charismatic incredibly charismatic like the thing that i i think he'd actually be more impressive now in some ways like his in-ring work i think would be like more impressive uh he probably would be able to he probably would be doing like some really crazy shit for new japan like if if he got like tours with them right uh the thing that and the other thing is the other mm -hmm. thing with him that i think would be more pronounced if he wasn't working WWE is is he would bleed like he is willing to bleed for oh, stuff yeah. so I think um I think that would get him some some places in in the modern era yeah, yeah I, I believe you're right about that Hogan had um you know you you already mentioned such presence that. Watching Hogan do a promo was not just the words he sang. Watching Hogan talk was kind of a spectacle all on its own because of, you know, how he presented everything. And more about the presentation sometimes than the actual words being used. So here we go. We've got this whole thing happening. Hogan cutting big promos and then going out there and and working like you already said the only thing i think would be different is uh, <laughs> him probably using a different finisher mm-hmm. you know so that he, he doesn't destroy his spine uh the axe bomber would be fine in this the axe bomber would be great I, w- I would be absolutely down with that um i mean if you've watched hogan do the axe bomber it looks fantastic yeah it's well if if he's gonna if it's if he's gonna have the gimmick about having the largest arms in the world and all that sort of stuff why would he not use that to you know knock somebody down why mm-hmm. why not use that axe bomber for it do it man but um and the the japanese announcer screaming axe bomber was always axe bomber yeah so i agree with you the the guy had you know size presence charisma capability all this you know they're they're evergreen tools it it, it almost doesn't matter what era you would drop it in it would still be relevant so it, yeah i you remember the whole debate the whole feud that hogan and vince had in the early aughts where it was you know was was it that Hogan was just the right place, the right time, or was it that Vince couldn't have succeeded without Hogan? And it's like, um, Vince couldn't have succeeded without Hogan. Like that was a, that was a topic for a while, but even Meltzer, I think at yeah. some point said like, no, it had to be Hogan. Like no one had that big 
tent like appeal that Hogan had. Oh yeah, uh, Meltzer has actually commented on that uh, several times. Like, and, I, and he's done it like recently, where he's mm-hmm. talked about how like yes, no, it had to be Hogan. Like it was it, it, without Hogan, like WrestleMania, another Vince would not have succeeded. Uh, for someone who get like not get necessarily the credit. I'll say this about Hogan though, like the one thing I think like he would not be able to get away with uh, nowadays mm-hmm. is some of his more outlandishly ridiculous, like easily disprovable lies would not fly. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, nowadays. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, brother, I slammed that giant in WrestleMania three, and like he died like two days later. <laughs> and it's like, like no, I have, no? I can look at the history books. Like yeah, <laughs> see, yeah. Like he didn't die then. He died well, like years later. And the one thing people don't. I tore like, every like I tore 50 muscles in my chest, brother. It's like no, no, you didn't. One thing people don't like remember because of WWE revisionist history is he was a finished product when they when he came back to the WWE. Mm-hmm. Like the whole Hulkamania thing was completely there. Like if you go watch like the Nick Bockwinkle match, we should do that show at some point. But you know he's coming out to Eye of the Tiger. He's massively over. He's got mm-hmm. the Hulkamaniacs. He's got all of it. The only reason they got him is because Vern wanted, like, his merch money. Yeah. Because Vern was a greedy bastard. Like, go watch, um, go watch the Laps Fan episode where they do that match and they talk about how different, like, AWA Hogan is. Mm-hmm. And how shocked they were by AWA Hogan. So, I am, um, I am, I'm reminded of something that we pointed out on an earlier episode that Hogan is the only guy that has gotten over the way he got over in three decades. Well, Mm -hmm. you, you need to, you need to realize something about Hulk Hogan that, um, actually he does not get proper credit for Hogan ushered in the wrestling boom of the eighties Mm-hmm. But then he turned around and he ushered in the wrestling boom of the 90s. Yes. That's what I'm saying is that Hogan, you know, over in three decades, ushered in two wrestling booms. There is something there. Yeah. Right. Like we can't there is no arguing that Hogan was a, a huge deal. I don't like, remember who said it. There was a, on PWO, some someone said, "Say something nice about, like, say something nice about Hulk Hogan," and someone said it earnestly, and it was a great summation of his career. He had the run of a lifetime twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Uh, and so we have this, you know, we've got this guy who was a huge deal, and you know, set off set the world on fire. Yeah, I absolutely think he'd be over again. I don't particularly care for a lot of his backstage behavior, but mm-hmm. you know, that's that's a whole different thing. I defend um, some of it up until I think in the WWF when he was at his height, like I think a lot of his backstage politicking was justified. Mhm because he was the biggest thing in wrestling and like it all depended on him. Like, so when people are bitching like, well, Hogan won't put me over. It's like, well, why would he? Yeah. Why would he? Cause that, cause that's something that's a conversation I think we need to have at some point we've talked about briefly, but I think 
I think top guys need to be selfish to a certain extent because you have to protect yourself from stupidity. Mm-hmm. I was thinking more of that his transition over to WCW. No, that was and bad. His behavior there, yeah, killing Vader's career—that was a shitbag move. All you had to do was just stay laying down. That's it. Just stay laying down. No big deal. Their Super Bowl and, match was pretty good, though. I mean, when they were like stiffing each other, that one was pretty good. But but we didn't need to do that, you know. It's it, Vader was already massively over, and we didn't need, you know, he didn't need to kill Vader like that. He no, just no. did, and that was, yeah, uh, you know, it, it, no point in, in retreading that whole thing over again. But it didn't need to happen. So, um, I guess that brings it over to me, and I'm gonna go with the gimme on my list. Uh, because of everything, everything that we've got here, um, uh, I'll go ahead and get my sure thing on the board. Someone I think would be over just as much now as he was back then. And where we've been going through our dangerous alliance stuff, this shouldn't be a surprise, but, uh, I would say it'd be Rick Rude. Oh, Rick Rude would be, I think he would be disgustingly over <laughs> uh you know he's the the guy had like, we'll we'll set aside all the 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 demons and that sort of stuff but he had the look he could work he could promo you know his his gimmick is basically evergreen because it's going to piss off you, pretty much everybody you you could you imagine him in AEW where he's allowed to do PG13 promos on tv and r-rated promos on on pay-per-view like he would he would literally be having people protesting outside of the the arenas mm-hmm. he and mjf would be just destroying in terms of heat yeah um it would be pretty amazing because i mean I mean, especially with how sensitive people are now, could you imagine, like, if he wanted those Pittsburgh sweat hogs to keep it down while he took off his robe? Like, <laughs> there would be outrage, and it would be amazing. It'd be fat shaming, wouldn't it? Yes. And then they would complain, and he would do it even more. <laughs> Matt? Uh, I wanted I mean, to give you a chance. <laughs> yeah, no, you, 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 you guys have covered it all. I think he would still be great. Uh, just different. Yeah. You'd have to lose the mustache. I don't think so. <laughs> well, he could go to the beard. The beard worked for him. Nah, that, but that the mustache that, could also work. That mustache has some pedo implications in this era. Well, okay. The beard would work. The, um, the, the, the buzz cut, though, would still work. I think I think the only thing that to change in his presentation I think would have been doing the beard instead. But uh, all right, that's and I that's, think actually you know I was thinking bald headed recruit was pretty good. I don't know Dude. if I would have gone with. Uh, here's you, another. You know what I'm sucks? Sorry, you know what sucks though is when he died he was actually training to come back. And he was going to oh, make was a comeback. Really? Because remember, right before he died, he was starting, like, he was managing Kurt Henning, but he was starting to get physically involved. 
Yes, that's like, true. Because he was getting ready to come back, like right when he. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I the other thing that I think would really work for uh for Rick Rude is the Rude Awakening neckbreaker. You could mm-hmm. do they. I think that they would do so much more with it now, in terms of storytelling, just in the how much you could do with it and how much um how much you could play with uh, injury angles and that sort of stuff with it. I think it would be really uh, you could you could go a long way there. But okay, that's my first one. So I think we go back to Matt now. Uh. Okay, I, I got a guy. I, I for some reason I picked uh, it's a lot of like mid south guys, uh, yeah. but a guy who was obviously like in mid south back in the day uh, was obviously part of the WWF back in the day and was actually like a big star there mm-hmm. uh, to the point where he eventually jumped to WCW. But a guy who like is around, he's he's wholesome, but if you actually like paid attention back in the day, like he was, he could potentially be booked as, and was believable as just a bad dude. Mm -hmm. And that would be Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Uh, Hacksaw prior to like where wrestling federation was a different animal. Oh, he was a bad, he was a bad motherfucker. He was like a, beast and believably like a hoss because he was he he had some size to him he was about six three i think oh i've met him he's he's a he's a big boy oh yeah Yeah. he's close to like 300 pounds like he he's a big dude he's a big dude and he knows like the thing is like um in mid-south too like he he knows how to project that mm -hmm. and he was he was honestly when he left he was their biggest star yeah and uh, when he when he jumped the WWF, like he jumped in as like a face, and I think wasn't for, wasn't for a time like wasn't he like one of the the top faces? Like he wasn't. Oh yeah, UW, UWF UWF he was the top well, yes. guy towards. But in like in the WWF, so like, wasn't he? when mm-hmm. he showed up, they didn't they weren't doing like the cartoony stuff with him quite. Mm-hmm. Away, that kind of came up more after <clears throat> um, he and Shiki got caught smoking some weed together. Oh, okay. And the firing, Talking like, gimme, brother. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I don't know where did the dildo blender come in there? Was that a Tony Khanism? <laughs> well, not on air. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That, well, that's what. That was from the. That was from the. The patented Tony Khan wrestling sleaze um, yeah. thread. Yeah, that's true. I I I think that for a brief period of time, like he was booked uh, almost like Slaughter was at points in time, where it's like Hogan was obviously tops, but it's like if you had if you're gonna run your like B show house show, uh, he would be like in the main event of that. It's like uh, not the Hogan face, but like you know the 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 next best thing probably 88 89 i think would be yeah. when they used him like that and and he was major like massively over and mm-hmm. he was booked pretty consistently and got good reactions for like, like several years mm-hmm. do, uh, do you want, and do you want to have your mind blown about duggan so if you sure. if you go and watch early raws 
Mm-hmm. Like Shawn Michaels in 93 was not good. He was very boring as a singles. Mm-hmm. But they did a back-to-back IC title match. Shawn Michaels defending against Hacksaw Jim Duggan on Raw. And they were really good matches. Like, I was I was absolutely shocked that they worked as well as they did together. It, Duggan, that's why I've I, I potted, like... It, could Duggan work in the modern era? And I get to that in a minute. But Duggan was, I felt, surprisingly, like a lot better than people gave him credit for. Mm-hmm. Much like with uh, with Hogan, really. It's the question. It, it, it's really just like he was in an era, and especially in a promotion where it's like he didn't necessarily have to do that. Like he didn't have well, to bust was, it out. He was getting old. Like he didn't have to work that hard. He was over. He was getting paid that well. Why are you going to fucking kill yourself when yeah. you don't have to? That's the same thing with like the Bushwhackers. When people say the Bushwhackers suck, it's like, no, go watch the New Zealand sheep herders when they were, they weren't old and like just doing comedy to preserve their bodies. Like, no, yeah. they were yeah. legit. Yeah. They were, they, they had gotten all of their like, ama- like fantastic, like super violent, matches and everything before they got to the wwf like they were the wwf was like oh they're just like comedy t-. yeah that's what they got signed for to be a comedy act and yeah. they were fine with it this is, this and is the... they literally got years of them like moving their arms up and down and licking people's heads and like, they got like off. Fat, seven years paycheck out of that seven years of paychecks out of that yeah yeah and for still, goofing off on yeah. shows yeah and i don't know how often they actually like do like appearances i don't think they do appearances that much but or at all but they they were doing appearances after that it's like yeah go to the go to the bushwhackers like get a picture of them like biting you, know, you. they're still doing you, stuff or licking you one of <laughs> them is anyway or bring a sheep and he will do various acts for oh. money awkward well yes. duggan duggan then Jumped to WCW along with a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a U.S. title run, which I don't think was like great. But then they had a whole gimmick where he was like a taped fist champion. Yep. Against like Bubba Rogers, aka like Boss Man, aka Ray Trailer. Uh, and then they even had like the weird thing that he did like the late late nineties uh, where the janitor he, thing. Yeah, he he joined up with uh with Lance Storm's uh. Oh, that was actually oh. decent. Team Canada. Yeah. Well, yeah, there was the Janitor thing before, uh, but then Team Canada. And but he wrestled in, in uh, TNA a couple times, too, because I think he teamed up with Moondog Spot right before he died. Oh, interesting. Really? Uh, WWE was using him in like the late 2000s, too. That's true. Yeah. He had um, just kind of little funny, goofy spots on Raw and that sort of stuff. Yeah. But he made like some of the, like that late WCW like wackiness and bad overall like bad stuff in wcw like he made it work like he he at least was like funny or interesting during all that stuff mm-hmm. uh so how would he be in like the modern era and i think he'd be more of a japan guy if i'm thinking about it he probably mm. would be he probably would be because like but... where, where i see him where i see like the niche he could do and he could do it a lot better than the guy currently doing it and that he would probably be, a, you know, he probably would have been what they wanted Bad Luck Fale to be when they were trying mm-hmm. to push him. I think that's like the niche he could have in mm-hmm. Japan, except like he could actually hold up his end. So he probably would have gotten like more titles and more of like a push, like when they were kind of trying it with Fale. Mm-hmm. But he just wasn't quite there. 
Yeah. My take on Duggan, if Duggan was in like the modern era, I think he absolutely would work in the WWE. I do think that he would be more interesting in a place like AEW or in like like Japan, like you said. Uh, and I do think that he would be better than some guys like Valet in Japan. I think, and I think that we would probably see more like mid south. Like this guy's actually like a bruiser that he can just take the beat the piss out of people. So, mm-hmm. so interesting, interesting idea mm-hmm. here. What if Duggan in this era decided he wanted to be a deathmatch worker? Ooh. Oh my goodness, that would be. He would just be beating some dudes to death. Like that. He's like, what do we? What do I need the weapons for? He's just well, he, he'd just wrap a chain around his fist and then beat the crap out of him. Well, Okay, so I, I'm actually thinking here. What if he was doing, like, he couldn't do the gimmick the exact same way, but think about putting him in, like, a lot of Lance Archer's spots. Mm, okay. Oh, now, yeah. Okay. I'm. Okay. A bit more, not as. Not as. Not tall, as, but, yeah. like, more mass. So. And you couldn't call him the murder bird because. <laughs> no. <laughs> what would Dan Housen call him? He'd probably call him Chainsaw Man. Um, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Chainsaw or, Man is here for you. Or Board Man or something. <laughs> Actually, he'd probably be doing Dan House videos. Oh yeah, he'd be goofing around. In okay. Probably. The thing about Duggan is, like, I do think that he could be booked believably, mm-hmm. like he was in Mid South, where he's just like. This dude can actually work, and he's a fucking hoss, and he's a bruiser. I think you can actually get like a lot of like use out of that and, and utility out of it. Like, I think, and I think he could actually work in places like New Japan. But the thing is, like Duggan seemed very, very comfortable and appreciated and liked just being the the face, and sometimes that meant, it would mean like a goofy face. Because mm-hmm. I think if I don't, I mean, I don't know him, but it seems. That might actually just how how he is. Like he actually just might be like a very gregarious, like a happy guy, and and so he's more comfortable on being like a goofball, just because that maybe is how he is, or he so just likes being the face. I met him at a con, like oh, it's been almost twenty years now, but mm-hmm. um, and I mean he's probably playing that up because that's what people expect, but um, actually Shad. I've only yeah. played I've only played Phil Singer cards against one other person in my entire life, and that was Hacksaw Jim Duggan. As an aside <laughs> for what I met him at, but like yeah. you know, he was he's very he's very much doing that stuff. Like he's very extrovert, very glad mm-hmm. to meet you, remembers your name, like t- calls you by name and stuff. And, hey um, pal, how you doing? It's good to see you again. But, you know, we're yeah, but he's doing like the hoe thing in like the middle of a convention center. Like he's oh yeah. Like he's have you met him before, Shad? Or been I have him? been at a con he was at. Uh, I was not able to meet him just because of scheduling stuff. But you know I've been there. at a con he was at. Yeah. Oh, you know he's there. Yeah. Like I am. Uh, here I'm walking around on the con floor checking stuff out. Here we go, looking. You know, yada. And then I'm walking. It, I'm on the other side of the floor, and then all of a sudden I hear, "Oh!" I'm like, someone just paid for a picture with hacksaw. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And you'd hear it over and over again all day long, and, and he, people are cracking up. He, 
he I was walking by and he does that and then everyone's smiling and he's cracking up every time he does it because it, it amuses he's amusing himself so much. And even like the way he walks down, like the convention thing is like very, mm-hmm. very much the character. And like if you take the picture, you're doing the thumbs up with him. And oh, yeah. And um, he has the best. He has. I think he's <laughs> only merch. topped by the, the Rock and Roll Express and like <laughs> Smoky Mountain, like buying the the sheet and like tearing it off and charging people Making 20 headbands. yeah mm-hmm. but he he just buys like a bunch of like two by fours he has them cut into like two foot lengths of yeah. two by four stacks them on the table and sells autographed hacksaw jim token two by mm-hmm. fours. That's the best it's the best scam ever <laughs> yeah you know, and, you know, if I was him, I would just sell autographs and I'd give people the little toothpicks with the American flag on them, and that would be my, like, Hacksaw Jim Duggan merch. Uh, uh, I said this before, I think, on the podcast, but if not, I'll I'll, I'll say it now. Uh, he has one of the most wholesome, like, social media presences. Yeah. Like, because he, he's an older dude. He just turned, like, 69. He beat cancer in his, like, 40s. Twice. Yeah, no, he, he beat did cancer it again. For, he beat it like in last year. Oh, okay. Uh, and he is married to a woman uh, and has a couple daughters. And his social media is like it's he's worth following, just if you want like a da- a dose of like positive feelings, uh, brighten up your day type of thing. Because whenever he puts out a post, it's almost always about like it's either about like uh, you know people that he used to work with back in the day or his wife and family and he, he talks about them like frequently. That's usually his post about his wife and family. Yeah. He and adores his family. It just, it's just, it's when I say it's positive. It's just like, it's every, he, everything is like, it's nothing negative. It's just like how much he loves his wife, how much He's he loves his anti-CM kids. CM punk. Yeah. It's not, there's no bitterness at all. Like he is just happy. Like he, uh, bad health issues in the last year. He had, uh, I think he had prostate cancer. Yeah. And it's like, He's not like morose. He's not, you know, down the dumps. He's just about how like, oh, I, my, my wife is amazing. Like she helped, you know, uh, nurse me back to health and everything. It's like he's amazing. It's one of those things that it, you you can scroll down his timeline, read his posts, and it's like, damn, like this is – I feel better about my day now. <laughs> yeah. Now, yeah. I, you know, my thing with that is like it's like, damn, I wish – like I wish I could like maintain that that like outlook on life from like a day-to-day thing oh man it's it's I'm something sh- i'm but sure i gotta think I'm sure mm-hmm. i gotta think like i mean especially with the first cancer scare i think i think looking death in the face and coming out the other side still alive like and i mean i'm not i don't remember how bad it was i know he missed a long time and i think he had like surgery involved in that first one but i think i think mm-hmm. something changes you a lot if you cheat death like that Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think especially when you're like living on I'm not gonna say borrowed time, but time that like wasn't a given. I think that 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 does change your outlook on life a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I mean everyone life's tough, so it's I think he probably like there is that like he he has he has survived more than most people have yeah. in their lifetime. But I also think like he probably makes a concerted effort where it's like I can go through my life like with anger or bitterness about, you know, sometimes being dealt a bad hand or I can look at the positive side of things and be optimistic. And I think that he must choose the latter because, again, him like a 
him talking about how much he adores his family. Like it, it, it is as wholesome as it can get. So it's amazing. Yeah. That's a great pick, Matt. I like it a lot. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. <laughs> yeah. So Brad, that's going to go over to you. So, um, let's see, I guess I'll, I'll just go with the obvious one. So how about, um, Stan Hansen? Mm. I think he might be a bit much for people in this era, like just with the just the intensity and I think he might be a little too real for this era. <laughs> I mean, I don't think WWE would touch him because no, I think no. they'd they, be scared to death they, of him. They could not neuter that beast, and I don't think he would go for it. But in a modern era. I guess so, I kind of agree with you. Though I bet Cena, I, I bet I bet him and Cena on like a pay per view, like doing some like tables, ladders, and chairs thing. Like I bet that would have been. We oh, wow. could talk about Cena at some point, but Cena is another one. It's like for all the hate that he got, like at times, like Cena was has been a much better worker than people give him credit yeah. for. And I, I I agree. Like Cena versus Hanson, and this is again why I don't like how Meltzer has kind of like ruined his own star ratings but if you put Cena versus Hanson like if that was like a dream match that could happen mm-hmm. like and put them on a pay-per-view like you could you could literally main event like Wrestle Kingdom with that and it would be like it would be probably a match that would melt people's brains at how good it actually was because Cena, Cena was game to like work stiff Zena, yeah. Cena could always actually pull it out for big matches and Cena was not shy about let me like Ooh, could you, they may take an ass beating to make this this match like amazing. Could you imagine mm-hmm. um could you imagine Miro versus Stan Hansen? Mm, that would good be a good match. God. Just just the sheer beat the hell out of oh, each other. Wait, could I've be got an even match. better one for you. Samoa Joe versus Stan yeah, Hansen. Yeah, I was I was thinking oh, yeah. I was thinking if he was in AEW, what I, what would I want to see? And then there's Samoa Joe and Stan Hansen standing there nose to nose, and then these two just beasts of men start unloading on each other. I think he would. I think he would. I think he would work. I don't think WWE would necessarily touch him, but I think he's pretty evergreen. I think the only thing. This is gonna sound really dumb, but I think the only thing that might have hamstrung him in this era is the modern advancements in contact lenses and the fact that he might have <laughs> worn contacts. He might not have quite killed people. With yes. the he, he, he quite possibly would not have been like punching people's eyes out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And like running but, them over with the lariat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think CM Punk ever would have gotten in a ring with him, you know, uh, but John Moxley would have been like, Let's do it. Oh, you know? Moxley would have been like, he would have been doing that shit. Moxley would have been like, come on, pussy, hit me harder. <laughs> he just, come on, give it to me. Hanson would have just, Hanson would have just looked at Moxley and Moxley would have started bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> and Moxley would have like loved it. <laughs> Dude, Stan Hansen versus Claudio. Oh, that would be interesting. That'd be an interesting match at all. At, at the, yeah. You would have Hansen beating the hell out of Claudio, but Claudio was strong enough to throw him around. 
Or could you imagine like Mark Henry when he was good versus Stan Hansen? I think that what we would get in a Mark Henry Stan Hansen match would be like that Stan Hansen Andre match where Mark Henry has to just grab a hold of him and hold him down because he can't stop the train. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden Mark Henry's having to like go to holds and not just throw him around because he can't take the chance of Hansen getting loose. From oh, it. okay. Wait, I have a really good one, but okay. there might be several felonies committed in the, the making of this match. <laughs> So, so hear me out. Stan Hansen versus L.A. Park. Oh wow! Like I that said, would be, there might be felonies committed in the the making of this. That would be a hell of a match. That would be a farmer match because there'd be so many taters going around. Yeah. There'd be fans getting beaten at ringside. <laughs> that, L.A. That Park might be... L.A. Park might bring that gun in his glove compartment in just for for kicks yeah i yeah there's oh gosh because i've seen pco oh that's another good one pco versus stan hansen but oh man i've seen pco in la park and it's about as nuts as you think it is okay here you go did you you want you like versus like you want you want two cards of the same suit <clears throat> stan hansen versus walter slash gunther Oh, I hmm. I do not want skinny Walter. I want chubby. Uh, okay. I mean, Walter it would Walter. match up better that way visually, but it's the same dude, so you know. I there there might there might be. I don't know if I don't know if the world can handle the bruising that would happen from <laughs> that match. That would right? be one for the ages, wouldn't it? Okay, God. Uh, yeah, that would be okay. So, um, one more. For I the have. Night. Yeah, I, I have. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you guys the pick here, and I'm gonna say, do you want the more established one or more of the the dark horse pick that I've got? Let's do dark horse. Let's go. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Fucking weird. I'm not necessarily gonna say weird, but I don't think it would. He would have crossed most people's radar early on. Okay. The big boss man. Hmm. Now is he? Are we? T- are we just going boss man? Or are we going big Bubba Rogers? Ray Trailer. Whenever you know, I'm thinking the example I'm holding up was that late '80s versus Hogan style boss man stuff, but it doesn't matter. You know, so, it's just Ray Trailer in the current era. So, I actually think. He would be like Wardlow on steroids, honestly, like for how big he would get. Because remember, remember how he got a job and you've yes. seen the gif. He took the slingshot suplex from Tully. Like, yeah. So right there, he's going to bump like a madman. Mm-hmm. He got protected really well. Like he has an aura about him. And now this is this is also the one thing that people don't realize and isn't said enough. He is. Hogan's best drawing opponent ever. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you had this guy, this big dude who was an imposing presence, no matter what the gimmick was. If he's Big Bubba Rogers with, you know, the the hat and the tie and everything, if he was the original boss man, if he was late 90s boss man. If he was fat or he was like the skinnier version. It, it didn't matter. He was an imposing dude who could move, who could get up there, 
who had good, believable looking offense, who could be a good face, be a good heel, you know, and he could be, it seemed like he could just play off of anybody. Work Mm -hmm. big guys, small guys. Yes. Make it all work. Yes. I think he'd be fine. I think, I think he would actually probably, I think the difference between now and then is he would have some world titles to his, to his name. Uh, it would depend. Uh, I don't disagree, but it's like, would he be like WWE champion? Like, I don't know. I don't know I about AEW champion. I think, um, I think he would have gotten an impact run in the, the O's. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Definitely see that. Um, I, I think, think that he would, I think in that like late aughts era of SmackDown, he would have gotten a run. Yeah, I can see that. I think that he uh, he could probably be like a Ring of Honor champion. I mean, like AEW Ring of Honor. Like he, mm-hmm. I can see that. And I think he would definitely win like some uh, some of the secondary AEW titles, mm-hmm. like I think... TNT or. Uh... I think I could see a situation where if there was a rash of injuries at the top, I could see him getting like a a stabilizer world title Mm -hmm. run. Mm -hmm. Being a being a a transitional champion for, uh, you know, a couple of months there would make sense because it'd be believable. I think his TNT run would kind of be like Miro's. Obviously, the gimmick would be different. But, you know, this big dude who's just beating the crap out of everybody. Mm-hmm. I, I just a lot of potential in that. The, in my head, I was trying to think it's like, cause I, my dark horse is going back and forth between two guys. And I settled on Ray trailer on boss man over John Tenta over earthquake, because I think that that John, that Ray trailer would fit better in the current era than, than John Tenta would. Not a slam on Tenta. Tenta is good. I like Tenta, but I don't think he'd fit as well. Tenta had a relatively short career too. Yeah, yeah. So. I think um I think actually you know if you if you if you wiggle it around a bit I think he might have gotten a triple crown run in there maybe like a GHC title run. Um I don't think he would have gotten an IWGP like run maybe like an Intercontinental over there but like I think. I think he would be one of those guys that picked up a lot of belts. Mm-hmm. Maybe a PWG like Best of LA um, win one year. Yeah, I I just think that that Ray Trailer would garner more success and be a better fit in the modern era. So uh, that's why I went with. Uh, I thought about John Tenta a lot. Yeah, because I think I think. Where he would benefit a lot is I don't think if you watch old stuff like other than when he's working with like Vader, like the Kenta Kabashi match or even Hogan to a bit. Mm -hmm. There's a lot where you can tell Ray trailers like holding back a bit. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's not. There are a few spots when he's going full out, you know, his spot, you know, when he'd slide out of the ring, come around the corner and come back in with something like that's him like getting after it. But. There are a lot of cases where, you know, he's he's not going with everything he's got. I remember I was watching a Saturday night once. And this is a rewatch of some WCW. And it was like 97. You know, it's it's a Saturday night and like, you know, it's just job matches. So no one gives a shit. And then Ray Trailer comes out and he's just murdering this guy. 
Yeah. Like this intense like murdering of this guy. Like, oh, this stands out. And I was just laughing because this poor jobber was just getting. Was that smashed. when Ray got a bicycle? Yes. <laughs> and someone someone commented that because I, I was talking about someone commented that they could just imagine him back there like chomping at the bit to get out there mm. and just taking it out on this poor guy because was that was that the Steiners or was that the Road Warriors that Mick Foley said he saw someone come in looked at his name on the sheet and saw that he was against the Steiners or the Road Warriors and just quit the business Steiners or Vader if I remember the book right okay so yeah, but okay. So that our our first night of uh, I think maybe calling it past present would be a, a good name for the the this on again off again series. Uh, going with the vintage picks, that means that we had Ted DiBiase, Hulk Hogan, Rick Rude, Jim Duggan, Stan Hansen, and Big Boss Man, all as pretty good picks to uh, have as. Uh, you know, uh, vintage guys in the modern era. So, um, are there any other thoughts you guys wanted to add? Uh, I hope people have liked this episode because I think it's a fun concept and we can go, we can go really in depth, like with, with a lot more guys mm-hmm. down the road. Uh, I know Shad was talking to, uh, to Brad and I about maybe doing like a tag team, version of this so maybe maybe next time we'll do like a tag version of you know, it you know sure. yeah because you know we know one team that has worked in the modern era is the rock and roll express <laughs> yeah 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 they have um so we this is something we'll come back to periodically but we'd like to hear from you all is this uh, a concept you like um what did you think of our picks now I would say we'd like to hear yours, but we don't want to spoil anything because I know I've got a page full of some that I would use, and I'm sure you guys have plenty in mind as well. But we would like to hear from you all on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram, that sort of stuff. And so with all that being said, this is Shad with Matt and Brad. We've been in three corners. You're in the fourth, and we will catch you next time.